Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 211 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. And we also have Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? All right. So, Jaime, do we have any Ask MTJC? We do. We have one from a friend of the show and sometimes co-host. Greg Heo says, uh, Duotang follow-up. Call it a portfolio with prongs. This is a bit of a callback towards, uh, (laughs) I guess a Duotang was like a thing in Canada. I'd never heard of it before. Well, it's a brand name, actually, but yeah, it's become aspirin to us, right? Mm. Yeah. I I don't think either one of us on the American side had a clue what that was. I guess that brand didn't translate over. So um, he's got a picture here of an up and up, which is a target brand, generic brand of a two pocket portfolio with prongs. Well, that reminds me, I wanted to get a target bag, target shopping bag while I was in the States. Forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me, Greg. All right. So next uh, we got for follow-up. Oh, yeah. So we were talking a couple of weeks ago because we we didn't do a recording last week. We did a best of. But um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the um, fact that Back to My Mac is leaving Mojave. It's not in there anymore. So there was some talk about... uh, um, using a remote desktop as a replacement to, or at least that's what Apple was suggesting. But I mean, remote desktop is no different than screen sharing. I guess you got, have you guys ever tried screen sharing from one machine to another in your, in your homestead or office at all? Not in the office, but, uh, I have done, I have screen shared with people plenty of times. What, you, yeah. You and I used to do it all the time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and that's where you, you basically can take control of the other screen, but that's what remote desktop does, but then it, it kind of, I think they kind of broke it out and stuck it into the, into this library resources, I think in this system it's an application in there you can actually find um and uh you can um basically take control over any mac uh, that you're connected to that you have an account on or whatever you, or you know log in for so that's that's one way you can do it and so if you have a vnc software like i mentioned chicken the vnc was a free one you could um 
you could use that. So I would, that was my follow-up uh, um, personally about using VNC. If you can VNC into your home network or your office network, then you can use screen sharing to get onto the other machines. I, I do that all the time with servers. Like I, my servers don't have any monitors on them. I use screen sharing to manage them all the time, right? But there's an article here that I posted from um, Apple Insider, I think, App Insider? Apple Insider, uh, that talks about um, alternatives. And they also say that, you know, remote desktop is not the best solution. It's expensive. You know, I mean, $80, like I said, is not $300 or what it was when I first bought it. Um, but um, they also mentioned TeamViewer was the name of the app that I couldn't remember uh, was the alternative app that I used to use back in the day. Um, I, you can use a free account. I think you get like five minutes of screen sharing time if you want to do a quick sh- troubleshooting with your mother-in-law or something like that. Um, Log me in, I mentioned last week as well. It's, uh, you can. There are free versions of it, but you know you can also pay like three, four hundred dollars a year to get uh, licenses for that to be able to use it. But there's also um, apparently Google has something called um, Google Chrome Remote Desktop, which lets you admin onto other people's machines as well. So some alternatives if you're looking for something. And of course, Screens was the one that we talked about. Adobe has Screens. Or point seven point two, according to this, costs thirty dollars. That's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also part of yeah. So it's, it talks about here being thirty dollars. I guess that's the U.S. to buy it directly from the developer, but it's also part of uh, yeah. And, and let me mention the R R I B T M M, which is you know rip back to my back to my Mac. Twenty uh, percent discount, but it's also part of setup, which I mentioned last last time we talked about this. So, so I just I just clicked on the link for screens. That's in yeah. that article, and it looks like it's now on sale. I, I assume it's on sale for nineteen ninety nine. No guarantee yeah. it'll still be uh, on sale when uh, when the podcast airs, but it's worth sure. checking out. It's always good. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, but like, is that that's not using the discount code? I guess he's maybe he's just not getting as many sales as he wanted. I don't know. Well, maybe got, maybe when he got published in the article mentioned in the article, he just dropped the price to get people to maybe to buy it maybe. more. That's true. Maybe. Um, I mean, back to my Mac was relatively free, so you know, I guess it's kind of hard to compete with that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So and, and well, of course, we all know this by now. September twelfth is the date for the next big event. I guess we're assuming that new iPhones are going to be announced at that uh, show and new watches um, and, and new watches do we know that for sure well i mean we're we never know anything for sure but but there uh, there's pretty strong rumors and and uh they were all pictures of them were actually leaked at the same time at the tennis okay leaked to the new watches yep really yep yeah the invitation says gather around which is funny because that's what my art teacher used to say when he wanted us to collect and and watch get him demo something we say gather around I say that to my employees all the time, but uh, the the graphic here is sort of a brass ring or whatever. It's apparently supposed to be Apple Park from above. In fact, the two lines down the middle is apparently a walkway across or, or around the roof of uh, Apple Park that you can walk on. Huh. So I don't know if this is to scale or not. But, um, yeah, so people are talking about uh, iPhone XS, perhaps you know, 10S Ten or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, XS. Well, it's X letter X letter S, sort of 10S, 10S, tennis. right? 10S, tennis. tennis. That does. Oop, the joke is that since there's going to be a gold version of it, that it stands for really? excess. Excess. Okay. E-X-C-E-S-S. Do we know for sure there's going to be a gold version? Well, we don't know anything for sure, but that was also part of the leak. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That was, a, that was a whole while ago. Yeah. I think in the in the hierarchy of like for sure stuff, uh, 
you would remortgage your house on the fact that Apple will announce new iPhone, at least in September. Um, and then sort of the, you know, you'll bet a thousand bucks to your buddy is, uh, there'll be the gold one. And then sort of a bet 200 bucks is probably the Apple watch for. Mm. Right. Right. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that session next week. So yeah. Um, yeah, a few days after this podcast arrives on your desktop or your iPhone device or whatever. Um, yeah, and of course there was some renders that were leaked out from. I don't know if these are like just somebody's playing around or these actual supposedly renders of uh, the new iPads that we talked about with the rounded corners. You know, uh, much more pronounced, like th- thinner bezel, right? But rounder corners based on that graphic we saw in the somebody had leaked out of iOS 12, right? So yeah. and they've got lines on in the renders like antenna lines on like we have on the iPhone 6, no iPhone 8, I guess. Were you gonna say hi, man? Sure, I, I was gonna say that they they sure do look a lot like the way that people have described them uh, very very thin bezels all the way around so presumably no notch because ipad is big enough that it you know you could just put the face id mechanism up at the top there and it'll be just oh, fine right, yeah it's not quite as space constrained as a phone um sure sure yeah the antenna lines as you mentioned are i mean i don't know they've had them for like a long time i guess i'm trying to think when the first was it the iphone 4 that first started doing yeah, the, the, four antenna had, the 4 had those lines yeah yeah because yeah. the ipads always have like a plastic sort of um, you know, half inch sort of strip along the top where the antenna apparently is on all those guys, right? So, don't know. Hmm. That's why I'm suspect about this thing because I think my uh, my iPad Pro still has the plastic thing on the top of it. I have to double check it. Haven't had it out of the case in like since I bought it pretty much. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then this render, they're claiming um, no headphone jack that it would be really similar to the phones in that respect, which. I don't know. I, I could see that rumor going either way, and there's probably plenty of space for a headphone jack and the lightning port, um, even in a thinner bezel iPad. Again, the iPad is not the iPhone. It's not quite as space, constrain, uh, space constrained in its design. So I would bet like $10 to my buddy. <laughs> that it did, you know, in terms of like how much money would I be willing to bet? I'd bet like $10 that it will not have the headphone jack. Really? Well, it seems to have speaker ports on the side of this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. So the lack of the headphone jack still sort of kind of bothers me because I still, I still, you know, have uh, situations where, like, my computers at work have a headphone jack on them. Um, so I always carry the earbuds with the little little tail on the thing, which is the lightning port on it, right? Um, and it makes sense if you're using a wireless charger, like if you can lay your, your phone down onto, onto a charger to get the charge and listen to music at the same time if you're using a lightning-connected set of earbuds. But how are they going to do that on an iPad? Like, how do they, how do they justify that? Because th- that's the challenge, is charging and listening to whatever you want to listen to at the same time, right? So I guess they, like, the whole world's supposed to go Bluetooth now, I guess, right? Well, maybe, and this is one you only bet, like, a dollar with your buddies is you know the air power um charging mat wireless charging mat has been delayed for like literally a year like they're they're lapping themselves at this point um yeah yeah so maybe maybe they solve that problem for you tim with the air table which is a little desk (laughs) that you can put all your devices on i was gonna say like isn't the ipad large enough that they can support a wireless charger you put your phone down on top of the ipad and charge the phone with that yeah just siphon off that one (laughs) that would be an interesting way (laughs) well it's funny like you know how people care on these portable portable uh, batteries all the time. I used to use my laptops as my portable battery. Like I just have my backpack, and you just have to crack the lid enough to get the charging to recognize, and then mm-hmm. you know have a cable hanging out for your for your backpack. Yeah, I mean, I have done something like that during um, one particularly nasty uh, snow and ice storm in the Seattle area. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago now, I guess. Um, power was out for several days, and um, 
my main priority was keeping my iPhone charged. And I had two laptops, a work laptop and a personal laptop. Wi-Fi was out because power was out. So the priority was, okay, try to do everything I can to conserve power on the iPhone. So like in an emergency, I can still call out, right? Because I don't have a, I don't have a house line anymore. And so first thing I did was, okay, iPhone is losing battery charge. Great. Plug it into the laptop. Let it just leach it, you know, energy off of that. Okay. That's dead. Plug it into the other laptop. Let it leach power off of that. And so having an ability to charge one iOS device from another, like a phone from an iPad, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it would be a huge selling point, but it sure would be nice in that time that you actually need it. Yeah, it's funny, you know, like it's, uh, I have this sort of weird experience. So I was at, a, at an Apple event today at Apple Canada, and I had my phone with me. And, you know, I, I went through the whole day, I had my phone on my desk, and I, you know, did a few text messages, whatever. And I clearly had a visible network, right? Like, you know, they, they give you the password for the network and all that kind of stuff. So my phone was connected to that all day. And I looked at my phone at the end of the day, and it had like 73% battery, right? Mm. Which is different. When I'm at the office, we have these sort of, we have these hoteling kind of, I think they call it hoteling where you have like a, a login page you have to use to, to get on the Wi-Fi. And we also have a couple of hidden networks, which are horrible for, I'm, I'm sure they're horrible for battery usage because they're constantly broadcasting, hey, I'm here, even though it's a hidden, like somebody thinks that a hidden network is hidden when it's not to the device. So I don't know why, but my phone loses tons of power during the day just being at, at my normal office. And yet when I'm at a completely different place, it, it lasts forever. So... I don't know. I think the environment you're in has a huge impact on your battery battery usage, right? Well, it does. The more you have to use cellular, of course, it, the more your battery goes down. That's true. And I think what happens in in the and I've had I just had to update my up up my um I think I complained about this a while ago, two years ago, when I switched over to a new plan where Carol and I are sharing, and we went from 11 gigabytes of data down to four. Mm-hmm. And every month I was going over, and every month I was paying thirty forty dollars in in extra charges, and, uh, and they're like, oh, you got this great business plan. Don't don't worry about it. So finally, I, I found out that they actually have a plan where I can pay to get 10, 10 gigabytes of data, and we'll see how that goes for a couple of months. But yeah, I think like my phone because of this goofy um, hoteling thing where you have to log in and you know and, and you get kicked off the network all the time. Um, it's costing me huge to have my phone at the office, right? So, and then I'm not even using it. It's just you know just the battery's just draining because it's constantly on cellular checking email and what have you, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I often off. wonder like. Huh? You can turn the automatic updates off. Yeah, I know. So I guess what, where I'm going with this is is that Apple just assumes that everybody has, you know, unlimited access to, to all this free sort of stuff. Like in the same sense that, you know, they take away the – and this is part of a rant on the headphone jack still. <laughs> they take away the, the headphone jack because they figure, oh, you don't need it. You know, you can you can put it on the, the imaginary, you know, Apple – bait. what do you call it thing that you charge your phone with by contact, wireless, Jaime? The Qi like standard? Deductive charger. Desktop, what is it called? Desktop charger? Yeah. You know, the imaginary product that they announced two years ago, yep. right? Um, you know, they, 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 I guess they just assume that that's what people are going to do. And then, you know, then we also have, you know, I'm sure we have plenty of listeners out there who, who you know, live in the middle of Vermont where they have crap service, right? Because not that Vermont particularly has crap service, but I imagine that there are lots of rural customers out there that, that are not privileged enough to have, uh, you know, access to all the data all the time, right? Anyway, that rant, rant finished. <laughs> Moving on. Um, okay, what's next? Uh, oh, yes. So this is from me. Uh, Tim Hortons, apparently, this is a follow-up on Tim Hortons, of course. I think we talked about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the fact that uh, I was surprised to find that Tim Hortons isn't actually even owned by the Canadian company anymore. It's, it's uh, was bought by a Brazilian uh, private equity firm called 3G Capital in 2014. 
Uh, apparently, they're at war with their franchisees these, uh, these days. So yeah, they're they're having all kinds of arguments with uh, a couple of uh, I guess a couple of stores in Lethbridge, Alberta, are having trouble with the the Tim Hortons people. So inter- interesting stuff, you know, in terms of uh, lack of coffee and donuts. I don't know what Canadians will do without Tim Hortons. I do know they'll drink. Is that Starbucks? But, yeah, well, or seven bucks as we like to call it up here. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I'm always other than the fact that it's a Canadian brand. I mean, I don't know why people drink that coffee. What can I say? Yeah, so that's our follow-up on um, Tim Hortons. And Jaime, you have a follow-up here on uh, The Heart? Yes. So, uh, I don't know, what was it, like six months ago, probably? We talked about the fact that Apple had sent out these invites to join um heart study in concert with Stanford University. And it was something where you could download an Apple Watch app and agree to a whole bunch of different stuff um, and participate in the study sort of just pretty painlessly other than the very painful sign-up survey um, or sign-up form. And all you do is just wear the watch, go about your business. And uh, at the very tail end of the study, which I just completed apparently, um, you just complete a little survey. Pretty easy. No fuss, no muss. And they gave some statistics here that I had um, 119 days in the study, is a little weird, but... Um, That's six months? Oh, no, it's not six months. It's uh, like four months. Four months, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Math. And yeah. 400 heart rhythm data contributions is apparently what I contributed to that data set. And the survey includes things like, hey, did, did you, you know, take too much alcohol? Any, any, did you get sick during this time period? Um, were you ever hospitalized for, um, you know, a heart condition? And probably I would guess to figure out if they can find any correlations in case there was anything weird, right, as they're trying to uh, compensate for different factors as they go through this study. So were that general questions that they asked you or were they questions specific to sort of heart issues that you may have had during the time? It looked like it was very generic because it would be like, oh, I had this, 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 or nope, doesn't apply to me. I had this, 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 no, right, doesn't right. apply to me. So I think Otherwise, it was just... Otherwise, Jaime has a heart attack listening, looking to these things and getting all worried, right? Yeah, and then a couple <laughs> of them I had to look up. I was like, I have no idea what this thing is. Let me go look it up. It's like, oh, is it fainting? Why don't you just call it fainting? <laughs> don't use the medical term. I'm not going to know that. What is a medical term for fainting? Oh, I, I'd have to see, I'll see if I can open up the survey again. It was something with a C, I think. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Weird. All right. Well, while he's looking that up, we'll move on to our main area here. Um, so I posted a thing here about, uh, I guess, on the tw- 24th. Let me just think here. Um, app, apparently, iCloud went down, and a whole bunch of people were, were affected by it, like a day-long uh, ordeal with uh, not being able to get onto uh, their iCloud, iCloud kit kind of stuff and as well. Was it just CloudKit dashboard was Looks down? Looks like it's or CloudKit, all? and it probably probably affected people who were using CloudKit in their apps, I guess. Right. Yeah, like iCloud Photo Library, apparently. Well, no, it, it says it didn't affect things like oh, did not Photo affect, Library, okay. but but it did affect third-party apps that use CloudKit. Yeah, there's not much information in this uh, this article here, but yeah. people were complaining. Yep. Well, it's interesting that there was an outage. I hadn't heard about that one. I didn't know about CloudKit's outage, but it seems kind of interesting to be so closely timed to um, Microsoft Azure had an outage, pretty big outage related oh, to really? one of their data centers having a cooling problem. Hmm. So they were out for... Really? better part of a day at least in one region it was not all of azure just uh the south region or something i forget what it was yeah and kind of annoying while i was going down to denver to fly uh came i went down on the 24th came back on the 29th around that time frame air canada had a breach right so their their data centers were breached or something like that and so there was all kinds of issues logging in and you know trying to buy a seat and 
you know, checking my luggage and all that kind of stuff on, on the app. You know, this is the first year actually that I had both both ways uh, with a TSA pre-cleared, you know, wallet uh, boarding pass, you know, not having yep. to print out a paper one. So TSA pre-check is awesome. It's awesome. Yes, it really it is. is. Really is. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny when I was coming back from Denver, you get off the train in Denver. Uh, that takes you to the airport, and you literally walk right into the right into the area, and you're like, "There's the, the TSA pre-check line," you know. So I went and got in line, and somehow I managed to get into security and through security with my big bag that I was going to check onto the plane, not like a carry-on, right? Like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, like, wouldn't they just sort of have a big sign going, "No, idiots, over here, go to your Air Canada people and drop off your bag," right? Like, so what do you have to do? You have to go outside of security and check your bag. No, they they put they put the thing in the scan and they scanned it and they just had me open it because I had my podcast microphones and I had my board and my little cables and right, stuff right. like that. Right, right. How'd you check it? Or did you just end up carrying it on? Well, the guy says to me, at the, I said, like, I said, am I, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, he goes, what do you got in there? I says, stuff I wouldn't bring on the, the plane. <laughs> like, you know, he says, well, you can check it at the gate, right? So so he put it through the scanner and then he came and he came and opened it up and like lifted things out and looked at them and whatever and mm-hmm. gave me a clearance. But like, then I had to walk around like an idiot with this giant bag yeah. at the airport, right? You know, but anyway, the, the trials and tribulations of air travel. I, I kind of and I kind of wondered as I'm walking up and going, wonder where the Air Canada check-in place is. But yeah, you literally get off the train and they throw you right into the lineup, and you're like, you know, the line's already 500 people long. Even even the TSA line was long, right? And so you're like, I'm not giving up my spot, right? To go check in my stupid bag. Yeah. <laughs> So for this anyway. vacation I'm going on this weekend, I'm, I'm going to bring a drone with me. So I'm going to fly with the drone. That should be a oh, cool. thing. <clears throat> I mean, people do it all the time. Uh, so and there's there's no issues, but but still walking through security is is going to be you know interesting. Yeah. So are you going to? You, you guess you're not going to check it, right? No. Or yeah. I'm definitely going to carry it on because uh, you know it's it's delicate enough that if you just put it in the in a bag, it could get crushed. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So do you, but, does it kind of fold up out of the way kind of thing while it's in portable mode? No. Or this particular one, it, it doesn't fold. It's one big solid piece so it's got a you can check on on the website to check it out but uh it's it's got a it's got an outer it's not a ring because it's kind of square but it's an outer uh, rim uh of carbon fiber so it's actually very strong and the propellers are inside so it's kind of a different design than some of the other ones you've seen but it's much more solid and robust than than those other designs you can smack into a wall without hurting the propellers kind of thing or it can yeah yeah oh, okay now okay. obviously so if you you know you, if you take a stick and go from the top and stick it in the propellers obviously yeah, that's, that's yeah. You know, that's not good. But yeah, just don't behind me near it then. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah. Now you have to give me a link for that for the sh- for the show notes. <laughs> www.skydio.com. Skydio.com. All right. So um, yeah. So the next art- article we have here is that apparently Apple has bought a, a startup focused on lenses for AR glasses. What What's interesting about this though? This This story came out on the 29th, and Mike Lee did his his uh, talk. He usually does like a, a a sort of a keynotey kind of thing talk at uh, at 360 idiv every year um, this year he talked about the fact that he predicted that Apple would come up with some sort of eyeglass technology like a Google Glass where, you know, the whole VR, th- AR kit stuff will, would come into play. And it's, it's interesting that he had this whole thought in his, his talk and then the next day or it's announced mm. that Apple's bought this company. So, and I mean, they're mutually exclusive ideas. I don't think he has any kind of inside track on that. But there's an interesting story here about Apple buying this uh, uh, Konya holographics company. 
So yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not a shocker really at all. It's sort of it's sort of a natural thing for Apple to do. They have been putting a lot of effort into AR now, and uh, mm-hmm, you know, since mm-hmm. now there's things like the Magic Leap and stuff like that that are out there. Magic what? Magic Leap. Oh, Magic was that? Is that the eye gla- the, the glasses thing? The leap glasses? Whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, okay, and, and Microsoft has one as well, and so it's it's kind of becoming a thing. So it's sort of not too surprising that uh, that Apple would do something like this, either build it themselves or or buy something. So we're all going to be walking around with helmets on in the future? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah, so it just is interesting article here. People can look at that one for sure. Next we got, this is from Jaime, so you lead on the this one, Jaime. I will, but first I will interject with the real-time follow-up on that word. It doesn't start with a C, but it does have a C in it. It's syncope, which is... Syncope. Uh, yeah, sudden loss of consciousness. And there are various ways that this can happen. The one they were interested in was cardiac syncope. Really? Yeah, if you huh. just said fainting or sudden loss of consciousness, that probably would have helped. I had to look it up in order to answer the question truthfully. Yeah, so, so those Latin people again, I guess. Is it a Latin word or something? Probably. I didn't look up the basis. I was like on WebMD looking <laughs> to see. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a follow-up from last week's show for those who are driving at home. Anyway. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, the uh, the other thing here is uh, hopefully folks have checked their email for this. Um, there are new App Store rules that require all new app updates to have a privacy policy. Uh, you should have gotten that through App Store Connect. But if you didn't, you might want to go check that out. Um, it doesn't say anything, as far as I know, about you know existing apps needing to uh, comply. It's more of a, well, if you wanted an update to your app, guess what? You're going to have to have a privacy policy. As they point out in this, uh, this is a 9to5Mac article saying, like, you know, even if it's a flashlight app that doesn't touch the network or do anything at all, like, well, you got to have at least a policy. It's like, guess what? We don't collect any data. But if you do collect data, you need to tell people um, what your policies are around that. But the, the point is that all, all apps will have to have a um, privacy one, even if they don't collect things, right? Yeah. And if, for people at home who are kind of thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have anything handy, but there's almost certainly tons of pre-made ones out there. I'm sure if you search the internet, there's probably some GitHub projects of like, look, hey, do you have a normal hobbyist type app? And answer these questions and boom, there you go. Here's this template you could just put there and then put it up on your Squarespace site or something and you'll be fine. Yeah, you know, it's kind of annoying because, like, even, even I mean, I have a bunch of websites as well, like WordPress sites, whatever. Even those have to have privacy policies now, now thanks to things like GDPR. Um, so, you know, even if you're just, like, putting up information about your Pokemon cards, you have to, like, have some sort of privacy policy, it seems, these days, right? It's getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I think stuff, you know, I don't know, I'm thinking of the equivalent thing like um, Creative Commons. You know, Creative Commons.org has a whole bunch of different uh, Creative Commons licenses. And if you say, all right, well, I'm linking to this one because um, I don't need you to provide me with anything except an attribution, you know, that sort of thing, where there's these standardized ones rather than starting from a completely blank page and tearing your hair out wondering what you're going to put yeah you hmm. still get to pull one up and as you mentioned there it's still kind of a hassle for your wordpress sites but it's thankfully yeah. not like you're starting from square one no and actually it's funny that so you mentioned wordpress because they also have a template now with uh with where you can actually click a couple of buttons in their in their latest updates and they'll actually help you write the the privacy policy as well oh cool anyway yeah, so real-time follow-up on your real-time follow-up. Uh, syncope is actually a late Middle English word, or actually from via late Latin or Greek, from the Greek, for sun, copy, or sun, together, and copetine, which is to strike or to cut off. So there you go. It is from Latin, after all, which is a follow-up on our last show, in case people were watching, listening. I wonder how many people actually got through that last show. Oh, that was pretty good. That's just my opinion. That's, <laughs> like, just my opinion, man. 
<laughs> Since you say that, it's uh, it's funny to to listen to Tammy uh, getting surprised by Greg, who was hosting yeah. that one segment that was uh, run about um, famous interview, but in reverse, I guess, where she's answering the questions. Yeah, yeah, we we kind of sprung Greg and I sprung that on her, so she had no idea it was coming, which is great. All right, um, so the last uh, piece we have here is on Apple's iOS 12 beta, driving everybody crazy with this uh, notice that uh, there's an update available. A new iOS update is available. Please update from iOS 12 beta. And I think it has something to do with the... the um, I read somewhere that the build number has a certain expiry time frame on the... And, and that's why people are getting this alert popping up all the time. You guys aren't running the beta at all, are you? No, but they fixed it, didn't they? Did they? I don't know. No, I, I thought they heard. put out a release that fixed it. Oh, just recently? Okay. Yeah. Well, this is this is last weekend. Everybody was yeah. getting this, and of course, it was creating all kinds of memes on on uh, online. So, yep. in fact, I, my even my I have an iPhone 10 at the office that's running 12, and and I laughed when I came in on Monday, and of course, it said a new iOS update is available. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Date time math is hard, <laughs> and I'm unclear <laughs> We've about that. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't installed any of the betas on my phone. I'm unclear, Mark, how they fixed it. Did they? Did they just put out they a release, out a so the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just I put out a release to, to to shut it up, so it would stop doing that. Probably, did the, yeah. Did the new release itself have a fix? I don't know if there's been more than one beta release since then. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, they better hurry up because I think we've got a week before they'll, they'll probably announce next week that that when twelve is going to ship, right? It'll either be on the day of, it'll be or the end of that week, right? I think. Okay, let's see. So if they're having the event on September twelfth, Wednesday. Phone orders are probably opening up at midnight on Friday the 14th, and I think the phones would be available in people's hands, let's say Friday the 21st. So looking, I think they give it usually like that Tuesday or Wednesday before, so looking at September 18th or 19th for iOS 12 uh, to be released. Right, right. So let's go around the room here. Are, are you guys, um, you're bo- you both have 10s now? I do. Mm-hmm. How many? Yeah. So would you get the 10X or the 10 SE or whatever it's going to be called? It's a good question. Uh, this year, I'm due for a new iPad and a new laptop. Right. So if I do end up buying both of those, uh, I don't know if I'll buy a phone as well. But we'll see. We'll see. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm due for a laptop. Um, my iPad Pro will, will be fine, I think, unless they come out with something that really like, that we don't know about that really blows my socks off. And the same thing with the uh, the new iPhones. Um, it's the equivalent of the S model year for the iPhone 10. So again, mm-hmm. unless something really knocks my socks off, I probably won't upgrade because it won't be that different from what I have. But I mean, if you're rolling around town with like an iPhone 7 or an iPhone 8, you probably will want to get the, uh, the one of the new models that comes out. Hmm. But again, we haven't seen what it is, so maybe they're hiding some really cool software trick that's specific <laughs> to the 10 as and maybe say, holy smokes, I need an emoji 2.0, please, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think for me, I mean, I really like the ten. To be honest with you, the, the current phone. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the the lack of home button. I like the you know the the face ID stuff. Sometimes, I mean, it's annoying when you don't want to look at the phone to wake it up, but. Um, otherwise, it's. Uh, I, I don't think I'm in the market for a new phone this year. So, and even even I think Carol's phone is, is will be. Well, no, she bought it. See, the problem is with the red phone. If you bought like Carol, we bought we got Carol the product red phone, and um, it's on, it comes out at an odd time. I think it comes out in the spring, right? So she's not eligible for a new phone until the spring as well. As well so, kind of kind of blows. Well, we'll I'll probably buy one for for the office for sure to, to have you know for compatibility testing and stuff like that, right? 
So we'll see. But I, I personally, I mean, I went from a six plus to uh, to the ten. So I hung on to my last one for quite a few years. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think I'm in the market for a new one. Anywho, all right. Um, so that's it. Let's uh, let's go around the table and do our picks since we we're trying to get out of here quick. I'm gonna let uh, Jaime you do yours first because I just I just added another pick to mine. <laughs> my pile of picks. Sure, mine's relatively straightforward. It's a site called Carbon, carbon.now.sh. And if you have ever wanted to share, let's say, a prettified set of code, um, nice. let's say like a snippet for uh, a blog post or something that you're going to put on a presentation, like at a conference talk or something, um, this is a neat little tool where you can really just paste in whatever code sample it is that you have. It will automatically try to figure out what kind of code that is. But if not, you can choose one of the handy little drop downs say, well, this is C-sharp, or maybe it's Kotlin, or maybe it's Swift, or GraphQL, or Objective-C. You can change the background colors. You can change from, I don't know, let's call it 15-ish different uh, color schemes or color themes. Mm-hmm. And um, got really handy options right there to save the image or tweet the image or do whatever it is you want to do. Um, I just thought it was a nice little tool. There are occasions where I might want to do this sort of thing. You know, I've been uh, doing conference talk stuff. Um, also, if you wanted to create some documentation somewhere that was like, hey, here is a prettified version of that sort of information for sort of more explanatory purposes, this might be for you. To layout for non-layout people. Cool. All right. Um, so, yeah, I have a few. Mark, do you have a pick? I don't have a pick. All right. So, anyway, so my picks are, i got a couple of them here, but three of them, actually. But um, my first pick is 360i Dev, which I went to last week. And, uh, of course, it's always my, it's one of my favorite conferences, for sure. Um, lots of interesting things came out of it. There was... Uh, some talks on accessibility, which were kind of interesting. One was one was an interesting interesting exercise where the the speaker had us, um, you know, to sort of get the empathy from the room. Um, she had us turn on the um, I think it's called uh, curtain mode or something like that, where you turn you turn the display off on the on your phone, and then challenged us to use voiceover to take a selfie with uh, the people sitting next to us, right? So that was kind of an interesting exercise to try and go through and trying to use your phone. So I had some comical selfies with myself and a few friends from uh, 360iDev. Um, there was a really good talk by Conrad Stoll on uh, enums, which or enums, however you like to pronounce it. Um, I'll be writing an article for Ray Wonderlick in a couple of uh, days, but uh, that was a good one. So it's something to look forward to on the videos. Of course, Greg Hio did a great talk on another another you know famous Greg Hio talk on what was it on uh, concurrency. Right, which was uh, interesting. Uh, what else is there? We had karaoke night with Gene McDonald, which was lots of fun. Um, what else happened? Oh, Tammy gave her keynote uh, on uh, connecting or um, needing to make connections with other people, which was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a great conference. You know, Denver's a fun place to go to, and uh, wasn't super hot. And you know, got to go out and uh, check out the environs as well, and you know, food trucks and stuff like that. And I popped into the art gallery for half an hour and all kinds of stuff. So, did you have the night of meat? We had the night of meat. Yeah, and uh, Tammy was the only woman at night of meat. Of course, and then uh, when they had the women's breakfast, Tammy didn't go because she said, "I'm a kind of I'm a night of meat kind of gal." Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. So uh, connected with a bunch of new people, and you know, made some new friends, and hooked up with old friends and stuff like that. So yeah, good time, good time had by all. Um, today I went to uh, Apple Canada's headquarters, and we had a, a sort of tech talk, which was sort of what's new in iOS 12. It was sort of like a, their uh, version of a, a WWDC. 2018 recap for those of us who didn't get to go. Um, and we talked about all the different technologies that, uh, that are there. But um, 
what was centered around um, IBM Watson, which I know Jaime has done some work with recently, right? Uh, is that correct, Jaime? Yeah, one of my conference talks that I've been giving has uh, uses IBM Watson's uh, visual recognition sure. API as part of the the whole magic of what it does. Yeah, so we talked about the whole Watson. They talked about the whole Watson Studios and all the different kind of um, things they had there. And uh, so we we went through creating, uh, learning how to create a model by dropping images into it and and uh, that kind of thing. And we talked about Watson before. Watson uses a um, uh, basically you create a model by training it on their on their server, download it into your app, and the way it, it's actually written um, in conjunction with Apple to work with the framework so that, with the CoreML framework, so that um, uh, as you use it and you correct it or whatever as you're using the app, it will go back up and uh, send up the updates to, to the Watson engine or the Watson uh, services, and it'll update your model and send it back, send down a mo- an updated model, which is kind of a cool thing because so it takes advantage of the whole Watson um, intelligence AI to, to sort of update your app so you're not like building a model and then you know you're kind of stuck with that model's predictions and weights and all that kind of stuff um, it can actually it actually can learn if you will by, by using the power of the Watson service as well um, they also talked about we also looked at SAP which is a SAP is a, a I'm not sure what it stands for. I'll look it up and leave a sh- link in the show notes. But it's it's sort of a, a system used by a lot of different retailers. Apple is one of the biggest um, deployments of SAP. Um, and so, for instance, they said that if you go to the Apple store, uh, Apple retail store, and you buy something, look up a price or whatever, that's managed by the SAP system. If you go to the Apple store online and buy like a Mac or you know a, a mouse or a cable, that's also being served up by by SAP. If you buy a, a tune on iTunes. All the iTunes inventory is also managed by SAP and that kind of stuff. So it's sort of this big giant, you know, database of information, pricing, and you know, products and all that kind of stuff that, that are there. And SAP's also worked with Apple to create sort of these these uh, connections to the Apple frameworks as well. And so the uh, culmination of what we were doing during the day was, um, and it didn't quite work out for us, but but they did give us a demo of it at the end because we kind of ran out of time. But uh, the idea was that we, they were building an app that uh, using ARKit two that you would use it to scan an object in in space like like in front of you like somebody would hold up a backpack we trained the 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 um the model on laptops usb cables backpacks and something else i can't remember but um so somebody would hold up a backpack and they would scan it with the app and the app would look at recognize what the backpack was run over to sap right using sorry using the the watson engine to the, the watson model that we'd made to recognize that it was a backpack run off to sap get a price for that and in and the AR kit float the price over top of the object, and as you moved around the room, you know that price would say stuck to that that object in in the virtual reality environment, right? So, kind of a cool in- integration between CoreML and AR kit and uh, and these two services, IBM and SAP, to kind of create this sort of enterprise level um, app, which was kind of kind of cool. Like uh, you know, and that's kind of coming back to what we were talking about with the glasses, you know, before. Like maybe you walk into a retail place and put the glasses on and you know, maybe you get the pricing or product information by just looking at things, right? So, one other, just on a side note here, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I've been complaining about Photos app over the last little while. Um, I kept wondering why they're not putting uh, AI into into the Photos app, and of course they are because you know you can do the the face recognition kind of stuff as well with. Uh, with um, uh, your Photos app, and and they've now got this thing where you can uh, in iOS 12, um, you can it, the face doesn't have to be like perfectly straight on; it can be on an angle, and, and it'll still recognize the face. But um, 
Uh, what I didn't know is if you go in, and you can try this yourself, if you go into search on your phone, it, sorry, inside the inside the Photos app, click on the little search thing and type in a search term like cars or dogs or something like that, and it'll actually really quickly create a, a, a gallery of just those items mm-hmm. in your in your phone. Um, strangely, though, sometimes cats show up as dogs, and my friend Marty showed up as a dog, which I thought was kind of comical. But otherwise, it's like you know, I've got thousands of pictures of Mac on my on my phone, so of course he showed up there. And if you type in car, you get all the sort of st- pictures I taken at the car show, or even like transmit logo, which the little truck on it came up as as a search result. So I didn't realize you could do that kind of stuff. Um, like I've been tagging my photos through when I use them on the Mac, but uh, and it'll recognize the tags as well. So I've also often wondered how you find tagged images. Images, uh, that you may set up in in your phone, but that's that's kind of cool. So and that was, and then that's called transfer learning. I think they called it, um, where um, it'll it can predict you know what what an object is in the photo. It's not 100 percent perfect yet, but I guess that's that's the whole point of CoreML is it's learning things as we go, um, and we're all training the database, I guess. So. That was a cool demo from Apple SAP, and uh, yeah, their tech demo. Did today. they actually call it SAP? I've always heard it called SAP. Well, I'm calling it SAP. SAP. Yeah. yeah SAP. It, Do you know what it stands for? It's a it's a company on the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, was uh, it? I thought yeah. it was in Germany or something like that. I, no, I believe they're. Well, <laughs> I thought they were on the East Coast. I, I don't know if 100 percent for Let's sure. Look it up. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, the the IBM thing, the Watson thing. Um, they have this this light plan where you can go in and, and uh, create an account. And uh, the the demo person, Devin, his name was. He said that um, this light plan is actually free uh, IBM plan. So you can you can build apps or POCs or whatever, and it renews every month, right? So you can do up like the hundred thousand or ten thousand queries or whatever, or model items or whatever, and and it'll just keep like it's a perpetual sort of free license, if you will. Light license, if you will, but kind of cool thing to use there. So, what does it stand for? SAP. Oh, S A P S E. So it's uh, it's a German company. Yeah, it stands for System Anwendungen und Produkt. <laughs> in der, in holy crap. Datenverarbeitung. Something like that. Is that like inventory, maybe. Systems, applications, and products in data processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Uh, Cool technology, and uh, yeah, that's so. The, there was, uh, maybe I'll put some links in the show notes, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty. Uh, like we had to download these these SDKs and stuff like that beforehand. It was interesting though because the project that IBM and IBM. It's funny that all the sort of um, the the hooks and stuff that you make into your APIs and stuff. Like that, it's all done for you, kind of thing. Like you, there's a couple steps you go through, and there's a SAP um, uh, app for iOS or whatever that downloads downloads to your Mac, and you can you can use it to set up the the application, and it all ties into Xcode as well. So like when you go through IB, the IBM flow, it actually generates a project for you, and you open it up in Xcode, and off you go. And same thing with the, the SAP thing. So um, it was kind of like, uh, I mean, it was done in like you know three hours. So it was, we kind of whipped through it, but uh, it was kind of neat to see that these things would do all this kind of like you know you get an API and you have to go get the, the token and the string and the URL and push and paste it all in all over here and kind of stuff like that and in your app. But these API hooks were actually generated and put into your app for you sort of in your Xcode project which is kind of cool so kind of a neat neat, really neat integration the way they did that so yeah that was cool. And my last uh, my last pick is uh, it's kind of related to Spotcast as well. But um, so we had Fan Expo here. We've talked about it before um, on the show. And it's our, our it's the, apparently it's the top. Th- it's in the top three of uh, 
comic and sci-fi conventions in North America, um, right, you know, behind uh, Comic-Con and that kind of thing, but uh, and lots of cosplay, stuff like that, but I went to that. Um, I happened to walk in, and as I walked in, um, I went into the, the sort of north area where the, the celebrities are, and, and uh, I saw Keir DeLay and Gary Lockwood there with nobody in front of them looking for signatures. So I went up and bought a 2001 poster and had them sign it both. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. I got to talk to the two of them for a few minutes about signatures from them. So what did you dress as, Tim? <laughs> I dress as a developer, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always dress as, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same, same uh, costume or a high school student from the seventies is what I dressed as, mm. um, which is my usual uniform. Yeah, no, I didn't do any cosplay, but and I also, I also went back the next day for for our Spotcast fit listeners and and went to the uh, the Discovery panel, so we got to see all the uh, stars of Discovery in person talk about. Uh, making the show and what they think about it. And Anson Mount was there. He's the new Christopher Pike on the show coming up in 2019, I believe, right? So that was lots of fun. And I got the bucket listing as I got a, a signature, a photograph signed by Buzz Aldrin as well, huh. which was my bucket list item. So that's my picks. Questions, thoughts, concerns? Are you guys still doing Spotcast? Uh, we're, we're in hiatus right now. We're waiting. We did uh, we did a special uh, episode for um, Black Panther, and we did another one for the Avengers movie. But uh, yeah, we're waiting for a, a big reason to do to, uh, to do the next ep- next episode. And we'll start back up again when Discovery and, and Orville come back, for sure. Hmm. Right, Jaime? Yeah, it's a little difficult to do stuff during the hiatus since there isn't necessarily uh, a strong stream of content coming out mm-hmm. yeah. that, that yeah. a lot of people would be into. Certainly there are things, you know, we could hypothetically talk about, I don't know, uh, Iron Fist uh, Season 2 and other stuff <laughs> that's a little bit more niche. It's not like Black Panther or Star Trek yeah. Discovery that tons of people are interested in. So, um, yeah. And, yeah. and Tim, the uh, t-shirts were available. I'd probably not by the time this podcast goes out, but uh, if you snagged one. T-shirts for? For Spotcast. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought you meant for Discovery. Um, I did actually find some 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 of the, I saw some a couple of girls wearing the disco shirt from uh, from the show. But yeah, we just, mm-hmm. uh, we just uh, if you're interested, if you're interested in Spotcast, we've, we've got a um, page up on Teespring for people to buy a shirt with the logo and help support that podcast as well. So that's what the, uh, the swag is for, to help us support our show. Spread the word. All right, I guess that's it for the week, eh, guys? So, hey, Jaime, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at the dev with the hair. All right. And Mark, if people want to find you. Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. And as I say every week, my name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And that is the best way to get a hold of me. So until next week, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
was just enjoying Randy Barton teaching me how to play Undone by the guess who. Yeah, I guess his son has started uh, doing videos with him, and so uh, a couple of the classic Bachman Turner Overdrive and um, Guess Who tunes, yeah. Back in the mid-'80s, I saw Double Bill, yeah. The Guess Who, and Steppenwolf. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, another classic Canadian band. Yeah, for sure. With, uh, Burton, I guess, Burton Cummings and Dominic Triano. It was after, long after Ronnie Bachman had left the band. They do, they do uh, Clap for the Wolfman and all that. Clap for the Wolfman. He gon' rate your record high. Because <laughs> there, there were basically two Guess Who's. There was the Randy Bachman Guess Who, and then um, actually it was, it was Chad, Chad Allen and the Reflections, I think, was the first name of the band. But he quit, and they, they hired Burton Cummings out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Guess Who? It's mid-'80s would be... Wow. Were they even around in the 80s? Who? So, of course they were, because I saw them. No, I'm just trying, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what... Because they, they, they had some tunage. Oh, mind you, I probably wasn't listening to them by then, because, yeah, I think I... Clap for the Wolfman would have been in the se- late 70s, because that's when I... Um, yeah, so Clap, Clap for the Wolfman came to... That had Wolfman Jack in it, right? Oh, really? Remember him? Yeah, yeah, so that reached number four in Canada, number six in the States, and that was in 74, it says, yeah, roughly. This is definitely when both bands were well past their prime because I remember yeah. back then being sort of a nostalgia, you know, his, his, uh, historic kind of thing yeah. when they played. Yeah, because Randy Bachman left in 1970, it says here. So. Wow. Yeah, so seven, the 70s was America, when they did American Woman, No Sugar Tonight. Yeah. Wait, so. Randy Bachman was already gone when they did those songs? No, he left. In, he, he, no, American Woman was actually, which was him tuning up his guitar. He broke a string and he started playing that. And then Burton Cummings was out buying something out of the backpack of a car somewhere. And it was somewhere in like the middle of Ontario somewhere hmm. as and they were playing at a hockey rink and so they started jamming this thing and then and then because um, he was just like playing it you know jamming on his guitar and the bass player jumped in and then ran or the story is that uh, burton cummings ran onto stage and started singing american woman and that literally literally the song wrote itself on the spot huh how about that? yeah so there's actually there's actually a um um randy bachman used to do a thing well he has a tv a radio show called vinyl tap on cbc but he does a tour where he plays um, songs that inspired him on different guitars and stuff like that. And uh, so, like, you know, they play the the opening chord from oh, some Beatles, classic Beatles song. I can't remember what it is. But, um, yeah, and there's a, I actually have a video, like a DVD of that uh, of that thing. I've seen it, Carol, I've seen him a number of times do those kind of retrospective kind of things. And so he did one at Massey Hall of, of all of his, his own tunes, right? Uh-huh. So the Chad Allen and the Reflection stuff and... They were sort of a beatly kind of clone, and then and then all the stuff they did with uh, with the, uh, Burton Cummings as well, and then then stuff he did with Bachman Turner Overdrive, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Which includes taking care of business, which we sang you know with pride at uh, 360 I Dev on karaoke night with Gene McDonald and the gang. So yeah, but that, we'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm kind of jealous of you seeing Guess Who. I wasn't really big. I mean, Guess Who it was funny because I I, I kind of came into learning about the Guess Who by the time Bachman Turner Overdrive was already formed and and i was a, a more of a bto fan so mm-hmm. I, I think bto had already broken up by the time i saw the guess who yeah maybe maybe so yeah. i saw I, I met him once at, at one of these these things and i got a signature I got a sign, mm. he signed his uh Montre- he did a jazz uh jazz dvd at the montreal jazz festival so mm. yeah so he 
they, they taped it and then I saw him at CBC at, at the uh, Glenn Gould Theatre and got his autograph and told and actually um, because Fragile by Yes is one of my favorite albums right but right. but they also put out an album called Not Fragile as as a response to Fragile oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and I remember I had the, I had both albums and I, I liked them both equally so at mm-hmm. the time yeah, so lots of lots of good old memories. Huh? I'm gonna have to look that one up. Not fragile. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What's I think that might be um, uh, rolling down the highway. Might have been the big tune on that one. Let it roll. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Is on it. Was oh, that that's on that one? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, as, I had the, as I is rolling down the highway. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, the you ain't seen nothing yet. Was this? I think that was the song that put them on the map, right in the states. Wasn't it? I don't know. It was, you know, it was a little before my time when it came out. But yeah, you know, by the time I was aware of that kind of stuff, it was already a big hit. Yeah, no, no. I think I definitely remember. You ain't seen nothing yet. I think that was my first single. Let me see here. Looking at the Wikipedia page, of course. Da, 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 da. Uh, BTO. Yeah. So they, they actually. I think it was their third album. I want to say. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah. Third album. Oh, sorry. Uh, here it is. Here. So BTO second album. BTO Bachman Turner Overdrive's two. Released in December 1973. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally titled American Drill and Rush. Included Let It Ride and Taking Care of Business. Okay, so they were from the first album. uh, Sorry, second album. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so by the time I kind of woke up to them was was not fragile. Mm -hmm. Rolling down the highway, yeah. And then Four Wheel Drive came after that. Yeah, cool. Lots of memories. Anyway, big BTO fan here. Mm-hmm. There and there's. I actually no. I did. I didn't see them play live. But so you know, it's funny. All these years, I've I've listened to Randy Bachman on the radio and and talk about music and stuff like that. And uh, I saw him uh, three or four years ago. A friend of mine got tickets, and it was wasn't him. It was him and Fred Turner. And it was like the last tour that Fred Turner did um, huh. with uh, with uh, Bachman and his son Tal Bachman was on guitar as well. Which I didn't know at the time, but like watching, I, I never really knew at the time until I saw him play live. What an accomplished guitar player Randy Bachman was playing that heavy metal, heavy you know, heavy rock. Right, I'd seen him play all this sort of Beatles stuff and you know talk about rock music in general, whatever uh-huh. history of music. Because he's like you know because they toured everywhere, they met everybody, you know Zeppelin and all those kind of people. It, like you know the you know the um, you've seen the movie uh, Almost Famous. Yep. You know how they have all the sort of the the floating card game and. All that kind of stuff. Like so, Randy Bachman would have been one of the bands in in and out of all those kind of things. Right. He knew the Beatles. He knew all those guys, right? So yeah, he's got tons of stories. So hmm. yeah, it's got, I think it's. Um, Let's get him on the show. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Good. Luck. We'll get him on Roundabout. <laughs> Ask him what his favorite color is. Yeah, that'll happen. All right. Okay. So let's. Uh, hello, Jaime. That was a quick show. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's going to be really lengthy. A lot of topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, next week with the you know actual event yeah. itself, that we'll have to very rapidly digest since it'll come out that day. Yeah, so yeah. For don't sure. forget, I will be out next week. You're not here next week, okay? Nope, I will be uh, some, in somewhere in Arizona. No, not Albuquerque, Arizona. Arizona. Oh, you're going to the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Yep. Oh. Cool, cool. Hopefully, were, the weather turns out pretty good. Why were going to Albuquerque? What did, was is that where the the walkway was in Albuquerque, honey? No, in, in uh, Arizona near the um, uh, the Grand Canyon. Okay, so is all of the Grand Canyon in Arizona? 
I think so. Um, it might leak over into Utah or Colorado a little bit, but mm. not have to look at a map. Okay, I'm looking at a map right now. <laughs> is it one of these things that was formed by like a little grain of sand in a glacier? Or it, something it, like is, it is. It is the. It is the Colorado River. The Colorado River flows oh. through it. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, you know, mostly it's just a big hole in the ground. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks like all of the Grand Canyon, is, at least Grand Canyon National Park, is all in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh, all of it's in Arizona. Okay. All of it is in Arizona. Is in- so you're going to get like a donkey and go down on one of those trail rides down into it? or I don't know. You know, I'll be with my... Uh- elderly parents so i'm not sure what whether that would be a good idea so okay. we'll, we'll see do they have an rv or something yeah yeah not an rv okay. but a van we're, we're renting a big van oh okay or, an SUV oh, really? or something yeah hmm. yep. they get to stay in hotels and stuff like that or yeah. breakfast yeah we're starting in vegas and we're going to drive over and uh hmm. and uh, a couple of different stops along the way and then an airbnb right outside of grand canyon for a couple of days hmm. cool so yeah it should be interesting i've never been there so it should be good oh, neato so, yeah so i'm gonna miss the uh uh, the Apple announcement, which is kind of sad. Probably the first one I've missed in 10 years. Really? Yeah, because I won't have access to. Well, maybe I can do it through my phone. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've done that before. I've watched the keynotes on my phone. Yeah. yeah. Or at least go to the, you know, apple.com slash store webpage to see what the new info is, right? Like the, you don't have to watch the whole announcement to see True. what's going on. Yeah. 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 You can watch one of those 10 minute recaps too as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then send us the info that we're inevitably going to ask of like, hey, let's go around the room. Who's who's buying one? Who's not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can always, we can always like uh, live blog it on, on uh, Slack there for him, honey. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> If, if I'm bored and in a convenient place, I'll try to call in for the show, but <laughs> but I can't guarantee it. And I won't have a good right. microphone, but I'll yeah, you have, your, you have your earbuds. Well, that's what Tammy used to use all the time, earbuds. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, gone, she's grown up since then because I gave her crap. Mm. Um, yeah, cool. Lots of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll let you go pack, Mark. All right. Thanks. All right. Talk uh, to you guys get, later. Get a good night's sleep tonight. Early night. Uh, yeah. Have a good trip. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Have fun. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.